Hey, this is Jim and Scott with the Overtime Football League. Overtime Football League, let's go! All right, we are back with another edition of the Overtime Football League. We are back here with our second episode. This is Jim Lorgan. I am joined today by my co-host. Scott Ashbrook, what up, what up, everybody? All right, we are getting in today. We're going to be talking a little bit about NFL as usual. Today we're going to be going over our news segment, the weekly pick segment, and going over our what is more likely, just a little addition where we talk about some hypotheticals in the NFL. All right, very, very good. And we'll start again, like like Jim said, with our new segment here, RG3 to start this weekend against the Bengals. What do you think about that, Jim? I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Browns to completely ruin their chance at a number one pick. RG3, I don't know if they're bringing him back too soon from injury, but it seems like they're bringing him back because they want a chance to win a game, which is a terrible idea for the Browns. They should be hoping for that number one pick. I completely disagree, Jim. Honestly, when you have a quarterback like RG3, so exciting to watch, so good for a football team, you love somebody like that, someone to cheer for, somebody who had success, lost it, and is trying to regain it. The Cleveland Browns are going to be dangerous tonight on but Sunday. They, they've got a quarterback this year in the second round. I think they should really try and give him uh, some starts. You don't want to give the keys to the castle away too soon, especially when you don't know where all the rooms are, how to use them. This is very, very important. He has to learn. He has to you know, do everything he can to learn behind RG3, and RG3 is a great quarterback to learn from. All right, moving on. Richard Sherman comes out and says that the punishment for Cam Newton was appropriate. For those who might not remember, Cam Newton was benched by his coach for the first play of the game because he refused to wear a tie. You know, Richard Sherman has been doing this a lot lately, especially more this year, coming out and saying, you know, a lot of different things, whether it's against the NFL, what he's for, what he's not. I have no problem with him in this one. Um, you know, I think the uh, it was appropriate. Do I think it was appropriate to throw the ball? No, absolutely not. And that was something that, you know, Ron Rivera needs to think of next time. But honestly, I, I don't mind Richard Sherman speaking his piece here. And uh, I also agree with him. And I think that uh, the punishment on Cam was appropriate. I also agree with that. Richard Sherman has been outspoken recently, and I kind of love it. He has these like Thursday with Richard. I don't know how many of those have come out, but he is a really fascinating player to listen to. Well, I think anytime you have someone coming out from Stanford, somebody who's gone through the adversity that he has gone through, and obviously none of us can speak to what Richard Sherman's gone through. Only he can do that. But you know, like I said, I, I really respect him as a player. I know he talks trash, and some people don't always like it, but I like it. A little smash mouth football. And speaking of that Seahawks secondary, it has come out this week that Earl Thomas is going to injured reserve. Honestly, this is going to be a crushing blow for them. Uh, that that secondary is basically the stronghold of that team, and I feel like people are going to start to exploit that. They're still going to be a good team, but ugh, that playoffs are not going to be nearly as good. And yeah, that is a really devastating blow for him because as we talked about last episode, Earl Thomas is also saying that he's possible that he may retire. We don't know if that is for sure or not, but that is a scary thought. Now, Jim, I have something kind of exciting to tell you. Are you are you ready for this news? Absolutely. All right, get this. The NFL, the National Football League, plans to hire 17 full-time officials, boosting the crews from 7 to 8. What do you think about that? I think that is absolutely necessary. Uh, this is the only big-time sports league out there that doesn't have full-time officials. But Jim, what's wrong with Ed Hockley being a lawyer Monday through Friday and, uh, you know, coming in on Sunday and doing his job? 
I think overall people are hard on the officials. It is a very hard job, and there's a lot that happens that we don't necessarily see, but they should at least have the head official of each officiating crew be full-time, focusing on the playbook, looking at things that they did wrong last week, because the playbook is immense, and it's huge, and they should have more people. And also boosting the crews from 7 to 8, I think is also a great thing because you can't have too many eyes on that field. Either way, Ed Hockley, I love you. Don't ever, don't ever think the NFL doesn't love you, Ed Hockley. You're a great NFL referee, and well, hopefully that you'll stick around. Are you just saying that because he's the buffest ref out there, and you're scared he's gonna come after you? Uh, actually, a little bit. I mean, he is. Have has anyone seen how in shape he is? I mean, my goodness, that man is very, very in shape. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna end the first part of our news segment here. And we'll get right back with our weekly picks. All right, we're back here with our weekly picks today between Jim and Scott. And we're going to be looking at all of the games and going through with each pick that we have. And we're going to start with the 10-2 and Raiders traveling to Kansas City 9-3 and in the basically what might end up being the Ice Bowl uh, with the way that it sounds, that the field conditions are. Jim, who do you got in this one? I am going to take the Chiefs in this one they are the home team and this is a close match the Chiefs are nine and three the Raiders are ten and two and I think it might actually come down to the home team in this one Uh, don't forget Derek Carr is playing with a broken finger and it came out that he is not going to be playing any snaps under center tonight so he's going to be playing in shotgun just trying to protect that finger Jim I completely disagree I know how good that Kansas City Chief defense is I know how loud it is in the Arrowhead Stadium but tonight I'm going to be picking the Oakland Raiders, and here's why. They have more weapons, and if offense is going to be stalled in this game, that means the production from Alex Smith and company, which is almost minimal already, is going to be even less moving forward, which means it's going to be a low-scoring game. Look for Latavius Murray to get running, and look for Derek Carr to get through the cold, no problem. All right, moving on to our next game. We have the Steelers at the Bills. Who are you taking for this one? I know the Pittsburgh Steelers have not been a good road team this year, and it's just more fun to pick against uh, Jim Lorgan's Buffalo Bills here. I'm, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I love Big Ben. I think they oh, said it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I think they said it better than anybody. They're, they're starting to hit their stride. They're going to be fine on offense. I, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I still don't like that Steelers pass rush. James Harrison being the best person on your defensive line is not a great idea. And the Bills have been a stout running team. Uh, McGillis Lee is going to be taking the all of the goal line touches this week, so that should be really interesting, and I am taking the Bills. All right, as we go to our third game, the 8-4, and four, desperately seeking most likely a wild card, Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans, 6-6. Six and six. Who you got in this one, Jim? I'm taking the Broncos, no doubt about it. The number one and number two cornerbacks in this league, are Aqib Talib and Chris Harris Jr. They are going to shut down that Titans receiving core. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Uh, you just can't beat a defense like that. You know, this will be a great test for Mariota, but honestly, I'm thinking it's going to be Denver. But as we move along to a very, very important division rival matchup, the Washington Redskins at the Eagles. Is this the week that the Eagles get back on track? This is the week that the Redskins continue winning. The Eagles are not a good team right now. Carson Wentz is not playing good right now, and I know a lot of Packer fans out here like to think that they can feel positive about this team after beating the Eagles. You can't, because this is not a good team right now. 
Kirk Cousins, listen closely. You are not a good enough quarterback to beat Carson Wentz. I am taking the Eagles, such a good home team. That defense is revved up in Philadelphia. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. I love them at home. Doug Peterson, you've done an absolutely great job. And he was a backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, by the way. And I will definitely pick with the Philadelphia Eagles this week. All right. Well, so for the next game, we're going to be taking on the Cardinals, a very disappointing team this year. And the Dolphins, who have been on the up and up. Who do you got there? You know, Jim, I think the Cardinals are going to be the team that is going to win this game. Bruce Arians went to the hospital less than two weeks ago. This team has certainly responded to it. Uh, He's out for blood the rest of the season, and I really think that he is going to uh, coach this team where they need to be. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. And after the Dolphins laid an egg against Joe Flacco, oh my gosh, they're going to get lit up this weekend. I have to disagree. This Cardinals team, it is just not their year. I think they had their year last year where they had the chance to go to the Super Bowl. They had all the pieces and the parts, but something happened to this team, and the mojo is not there. They cannot protect Carson Palmer long enough for him to put up those great deep balls that we were used to seeing last year. I have the Dolphins in this one. Moving on to more lopsided games, we've got the Minnesota Vikings going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, hopefully soon without Gus Bradley because what a disappointment that team has been. Give me Minnesota in this one. Um, I don't even know if this one's going to be close, Jim. I'm thinking 31-10 to 10 Minnesota. That defense is starting to come back, and they're going to be tough to beat this week. I have to agree with you. There is not a lot to talk about in this game other than the Vikings are going to win. Uh, that is going to make that NFC North a very tight race, but the Vikings got this one in the bag. All right, moving on to the AFC South and what might end up being for the division lead based on the rest of the schedule and who's playing. You've got the Texans at the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. And who are you thinking in this one, Jim? I'm thinking the Colts are going to win this. Brock Osweiler is a bad, bad quarterback, and the Texans should feel bad that they made him their quarterback of the future. On the other hand, Andrew Luck is a fantastic quarterback, and they should be happy that they got that first-round pick and they have Andrew Luck. This game is going to be a Colts game, and it is not going to be close. Unfortunately, I do have to agree with you on this one. Indianapolis Colts, great team at home. Andrew Luck coming off a big Monday night road win. Playing a very good defense, don't get me wrong, but, man, Brock Osweiler has just not been good. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we got two high-firing quarterbacks faring off here. We got the Chargers and the Panthers playing each other. The Panthers, who have been a disappointing team this year, and the Chargers also, who have looked great at times but have yet to really put it together. I am taking the Chargers in this game just because I really think that Phillip Rivers is going to pull through. After that embarrassment that the Panthers just went through, Jim, again, I have to take the home team in this one. I have to take the Panthers. I think Cam Newton's got to start turning it around at some point, and I'm honestly thinking it's going to be this week. It almost has to be this week. Phillip Rivers over the hill. Uh, you know, I, I like what he's trying to do there, but they're not going to make the playoffs. That team's just about out of gas. And teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, we got two of them here in a not-so-exciting match. The Browns at the Bengals. The Ohio matchup, uh, for those of you who love maps at home. And who you got in this one, Jim? The Browns or the Bengals? I'm taking the Browns. I think this, if there's any time that they're going to get that one win, it is going to be this week. They're going to have RG3 in there, and they are going to ruin their chance at a number one pick. I'm sorry, Jim. Our viewers at home might have heard you incorrectly. Did you say you're picking the Browns? 
I am taking the Browns this week. The factory of sadness is going to be shut down for one week as they have a brief moment of joy. Well, Jim, I hate to burst your bubble on this one, but the Bengals have been absolutely amazing against the Browns in the last couple of years. Andy Dalton and those boys coming coming out firing. No, no, no. This is a Bengals win. Give me the road team. Okay, after that, we have another in-division matchup. It's going to be the Bears at the Lions. The Bears have looked at like one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, while the Lions have looked at like one of the best, making me take the Lions. Well, Jim, I think that's a mistake, as I will be taking the Bears this weekend. And let me tell you why. Oh, uh, yeah, I would like to hear the explanation I, I think you for this. Would. When the Lions played the Bears last, they struggled on offense. They struggled as a team. And the Bears, even though I know they just beat the 49ers, not really that big of a deal, but I honestly love that Bears defense. What Floyd and those boys are doing in Chicago, give me the Chicago Bears for the fourth win and a sweep of the Lions in the season. I love it. That is a bold choice. Speaking of teams that are going nowhere just like the Bears, we have a matchup here with the Jets and the 49ers who have combined for a 4-20 and record. I don't know if this is going to be a high viewership game, but uh, with Bryce Petty at the helm for the Jets, it's they might just sneak out a win, even though I'm not too confident about this one. I think i got to pick the Jets here. Um, even though they're going to be starting the rookie quarterback, I, I have to go with the Jets. I, I can't see myself picking the 49ers, even if there's a fire. After a matchup of two pretty bad quarterbacks, we get to move to one that has two pretty good ones. The Saints, 5-7, and seven, go to the Buccaneers, 7-5. and five. I am taking the Saints. Again, I got to go with the home team. The, the Buccaneers are the way to go. The, the Saints, uh, they just don't have it. The offense, even though they have been good of late, the Buccaneers, if they want to prove that they are a playoff team, they need to win this game at home. This is a big game for Jameis Winston. Time to get those Buccaneers back into the playoffs. The next game that's kind of fun, uh, the Falcons 7-5 and five, go to the Rams 4-8. and eight. Something that I think was kind of fun about this game, uh, fun fact that I have, five years after hiring Jeff Fisher now, the Rams now rank 32nd in points, 32nd in yards, and 32nd in first downs. I'm taking the Falcons. This is a no-brainer. The Atlanta Falcons are going to be great. But now let's get to an even better game. The Seattle Seahawks traveling to Green Bay. Jim, are you ready for this? Guess what? I'm ready for the Seahawks to win. Oh, no. Oh, no. Aaron Rodgers is back. Packer fans have been relaxing, R-E-L-A-X, and they are ready to go this week. Give me the Green Bay Packers in the cold. Saint, or Seahawks, not always the best traveling road team. And, you know, with that secondary a little bit hurt, you're going to see my man, Aaron Rodgers, throwing it up and down the field. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. Okay, and after that, we get another high-powered games, Cowboys at Giants. I am taking the Cowboys because Dak knows how to attack. The Dak and Dunk offense is literally one of the best things about the NFL right now. However, the Giants are going to have a very hard time. JPP is hurt, went into surgery, and, um, you know, that, that defensive line's hurting. They don't have linebackers. They're not the best team in the league. The Cowboys right now are the best team in the league, and they are going to run all over New York. Moving on, though, we've got the Ravens at the Patriots. Can Joe Flacco keep this up, Jim? He can keep it up, but not this week as the Patriots take home the W. Now, this is the Monday night game. There's no way you pick against the Patriots in Foxborough, giving them extra time to prepare. 
Uh, Harbaugh has always had a good um, a good game plan coming into Foxborough, but honestly, this has got to be Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They're going to take it to the Ravens like they have for years on years on years. 202 wins for Tom Brady after this week. Right after this, we're going to be back with our last segment, What's More Likely? Now getting into our last segment here, we are going into what's more likely. So this segment, we're going to be talking about different hypotheticals and just figuring out what we think is going to be more likely for the rest of the NFL year. So I'm going to start off, Scott, what's more likely? The Raiders win out this year or the Browns win their first game? Well, Jim, I don't think you're going to like the answer to this, but I think the Browns are going to win their first game, and I think it could even come against someone like the Bills or the Chargers. You know, that you look at their schedule, it's it's a lot better looking than the Raiders, who have to play the Chiefs on the road, the Chargers, the Colts, the Broncos again. I just don't like it. i got to go with the Browns win their first game. Well, obviously, I agree with you there because that is who I picked to win this week against the Bengals, so I'm going to guess that the Browns win their first game. But here's a question for you, Jim. What is more likely, the Browns or the 49ers, to have the first overall pick in next year's draft? I am going to say that the 49ers are going to have the first pick in the next year's draft, and they're going to take a quarterback. Well, Jim, I hate to disagree with you here, but Hugh Jackson, I know how much you like to win out out there in Ohio, but... Honestly, the Cleveland Browns, they just need to lose out this year. Just do yourselves a favor, get out of your own way, and lose the game. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but honestly, it, it, there's no point in going, you know, three and what, three and thirteen. There's just no, there's no point for it. So you know what, Hugh Jackson, I have no problem with you guys losing this game. You're gonna have the first overall pick next year. Sorry, Chip. Here's a hypothetical for you. What is more likely, that Jack Del Rio, the coach of the Oakland Raiders, wins coach of the year, or Todd Bowles, coach of the New York Jets, gets fired? Well, I think that's too early to fire Todd Bowles. In this specific scenario, I think Jack Del Rio has a better chance of winning coach of the year. What he's done in Oakland has just been phenomenal, and I love it. I will agree with you there. Todd Bowles, it's not his time to go, even though his team has been a very big disappointment this year. But I think a lot of that goes on to management because they have a very old team. All of their key stars are old players. Yeah, Jim, it's it's honestly not looking very good for the Jets, and I just I just don't know what they're going to do with that. But another what's more likely here on the Overtime Football League Julio Jones leads the league in receiving the rest of the way, or David Johnson leads the league in rushing? I am going to say that Julio Jones will continue leading the league in receiving. I think he is behind Mike Evans, the best receiver in the NFL this year, and his team is vying for a playoff spot. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot and throwing it to their best player. I'm going to have to disagree again. I think uh, Julio Jones has been questionable. He's got that turf toe injury. David Johnson, healthy as an ox. Um, Give me David Johnson in this one. No doubt about it. Well, another one for you. How about this? Chip Kelly, three years from now, is he going to be still in the NFL or is he going to be on a college team? Chip Kelly, do yourself a favor. Before you lose credibility, hop back into college. There's no shame in doing it. Look at all the people who did it. Pete Carroll did it when he was with the Patriots. Um, you look at Nick Saban when he was with the Dolphins. These things, sometimes they just don't work out for college coaches. Go back, 
You should have taken that job at USC. He'll be in college in three years. I disagree. I don't think he's going back to college. He has stated many, many, many times that he wants the NFL. He wants to be here. This is where he thinks the place to be is for him. And you know, Jim, I think that's an okay thing. It's definitely better to be in the NFL than be in college. It's probably a higher paying job. I think we can all agree on that. There's more pressure, though. And I really think, yes, he he's he's done okay in the NFL. He had some good years in Philadelphia. He's definitely struggling with a team that he should struggle with because there's no hope for that team in San Francisco. But he would have so much more success. Go win a national championship. Be on top. You can always have your pickings coming back when a more decent team struggles. Wait till you know, another team that, I mean, you look at different situations, but look what Mike Tomlin had. Mike Tomlin came into a team that where the coach retired in, uh, uh, in Bill Cower. Okay. So when Bill Cower has that, um, you know, retiring party, basically Mike Tomlin walks in on a Super Bowl ready team and has unlimited success. So why not do something along those lines? Go to college, win a national title, come back when your time is right. I have one more what's more likely for you here. All right, hit me with it. Joey Bosa wins Defensive Rookie of the Year after missing a couple games this year, or Tom Brady wins MVP after missing the first four? Oh, man, that is a tough question. Um, you know, uh, you know, I struggle with Joey Bosa winning the Defensive Rookie of the Year with how, uh, Floyd and the, how Floyd's done in Chicago. Um, you know, other than that, though, I don't really think there's too much. I mean, Jalen Ramsey really didn't have the year that we thought he would. Um, so I think that one's probably going to be likely. But Tom Brady winning the MVP, I think it's going to be tough with him missing four games. Um, you know, look at what Garoppolo did. And I think most valuable player needs to be something that people talk about more because it shouldn't just be somebody who puts up the most stats and does all these things. It should be someone who literally, without this person, your team does not win anymore. Like, a good, a good example of that would be, like, Aaron Rodgers, most valuable player. Why? Because if you take him off the Green Bay Packers, that team has no chance at a winning season. Zero. Zilch, nada. Of course, you had to get your Packer fandom in there somewhere, but <laughs> and in heaven. Okay, well, that is it this week for the Overtime Football League. Overtime Football League! We'll see you next week. Ah!